Hey everyone, this is Dweeb Culture coming at you with another recap review of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This time it's episode 2, The Star-Spangled Man. As always are my co-hosts and fellow dweebs, Mitch. Say hi, Mitch. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> I didn't tell you to say hi yet. No, oh, okay. And then, <laughs> and then we also have Cole. Say hi, Cole. What's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> And, and Michael, yeah. did you introduce yourself? Oh, and I am Michael, by the yeah, way. Yeah, there you go. I am, mm-hmm. I am also a dweeb. Uh, Mitch, wearing the right shirt this time. I am. I'm wearing a Captain America shirt this time. Last time mm-hmm. I was wearing the the, uh, the Superman shirt, and then I realized halfway through that, hey, I shouldn't be wearing a Superman shirt while I'm doing Disney yep. reviews. Wrong universe. That's the wrong mm-hmm. universe. Um, all right, so uh, if you want a, a quick lowdown, just a quick overall of, of who we are, I consider Mitch the love. I say love because he just put a heart shape. Um, yeah, accident. The, Sorry, guys. Up on the screen. Um, Mitch, I would consider our resident uh, comic book nerd. I'd say that is his biggest category. He's nerdy and everything, but he has a specialty in comic books. And Cole is a, uh, a dweeb that has a specialty, I would say, in uh, science fiction. Would that be fair science to say? Science fiction, sure. Writing. Star like he, he reads. He reads a lot. Yeah, to I be aspire fair, to do. be as knowledgeable as Mitch in the comic genre. Oof. You guys are kind of painting me to be some great, you know, wizard. I don't know about that. Just the, mm-hmm. the top comic a nerd. Lead. Just and, a nerd. Uh, <laughs> just and a I guess I would. I guess that would make me then just that's one the, of the three. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I guess I would just make me the the very easily consumable. Um, I would be the movie nerd dweeb, I guess, uh, is if, if I was going to make myself nerdy. Um, anyway, so we just opened up an Apple podcast. So thanks to anyone who's listening on the Apple podcast. Uh, it is a dweeb culture. Just go into your Apple podcast, type in dweeb culture, and we will show up. Um, which is really cool. We just got that launched, and we have the YouTube channel going strong. Um, and so, yeah, so let's get into it. This is the first episode. Uh, the second episode, rather, of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Star-Spangled Man. It aired on Friday, and we are doing our review. Uh, we open up after the Marvel introduction, which actually this time the Marvel introduction, the soundtrack, was not the normal Marvel introduction. It was it was mm-hmm. kind of the, uh, the first event. It was a marching band. Yeah, yeah, it was a marching band. And we... Uh, go ahead. The, the marching band led into this opening scene with Captain America being interviewed, though, right? So it happens in, like, a stadium. It's still going in theme with the episode. Yeah. Well, the first yeah. the okay. first thing we do see is the marching band. That We hear the marching band, and we open... The first open, thing we see is the opening scene. We open of... into the locker room with uh, the new Captain America, who was previously unknown to us. We didn't know who he was. Uh, later, it is revealed. You can see his name tag uh, is Walker. Um, and it is later revealed that his name is John Walker and he is speaking with actually who was the girl? Was it his girlfriend or something? I guess it was his high school girlfriend, maybe, or some romantic relationship and also a PR type lady. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe his marketer slash girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. are, are we talking about the interview or 
No, no we're talking about there was there was a there was a lady the there was a lady in the locker room that was with him trying to calm him down, give him a little prep talk, and ah, then that's right, yeah. And then mm-hmm. his uh, his uh, uh, teammate or not not teammate, I guess is um, what would you call it? His partner. His partner, his sure. Partner. His partner. I call him Battlestar. His Battlestar. Yeah. His partner mm-hmm. comes in. Uh, his name is Lamar Hoskins, and uh, mm-hmm. he gives him a kind of a pep talk, like, "Hey, you're the Captain America now." And uh, John Walker is feeling the weight of uh, being announced as Captain America. He's starting to get a little hesitant, you know, like, what did I deserve to do that? You know, what did I do to deserve this, rather? Um, And so, yeah, uh, that's the opening scene where we see the revelation of Captain America. The following scene, we are out on the field of Custer Grove High School in Georgia. Uh, this apparently was the best place to announce the new Captain America, uh, for some reason. Well, I think they said, yeah, I think it said that's his hometown where he used to play football. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I definitely got, you saw at the beginning scene that he removed one of the names from the lockers and it was his old number. So yeah, I I definitely got that. He used to play there, but I guess I didn't, uh, connect that. Why that was the, uh, place to go to when, when announcing. Um, but in any case, it was. So there we go. Uh, and I did look. Custer Grove High School is not a real high school <laughs> in Georgia. Um, and yeah, so he walks in with his cap on and signs autographs and, you know, puts on a good show. And he has a uh, there, there's a little Disney plug in there for Good Morning America um, on ABC, which, of course, is owned by Disney. So little little self plug uh, inside of um the mcu there uh and he gives us talk and do we know i feel like the lady that was interviewing him is famous do, do we know who that is yeah i was feeling that too is but, that is know, that the watch. actual good morning america because that because good morning america is an actual show correct yeah honestly i'm not familiar with it i don't watch it i cut the cable last year so all the yeah. cable access daytime tv shows i've got nothing on them i don't know maybe but uh <laughs> I, I like this scene. He has definitely a very uh, forward-facing media persona that he puts on, which is really common that you see, especially with, like, uh, well, military athletes. People that are not typically on camera do put forward kind of like a trying to be likable by the audience thing. And them shooting this in his hometown is cool because it does paint an image of him being accepted as the new Captain America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in an an understandable way, like, of course, the people in his hometown are going to be accepting of him being the new Captain America. They're going to be excited for him, right? So you're you're going to get the crowds cheering and everything. But we also still don't know how the world at large is taking to him being Captain America. We know our two heroes aren't crazy about it. But we know that his hometown likes it, and then that's about it. Now, Michael, you're the one leading through the notes, but is this the scene where they give the background on Walker? Yeah. Where it so, talks about him being like a yeah. multi-medal of honor winner? Yeah, so so th- that kind of leads in with him uh, being like, you know, trying to be humble. He's being the front face for everything, right? And he comes off very, uh, very Chris Evansy in the first Avenger, right? When he is yes. supposed to be the face of America. So he's like, you know, and you, hey, you're the real hero, kind of like the boys, right? You're, you're the true hero, yeah, that type of thing. Um, so yes. 
And the, uh, he's like, you know, so I'm just asking myself what I did to deserve, you know, being Captain America. And the, uh, the interviewer cuts him off and says, Hey, you know what? You're painting yourself as a humble guy, but let's take a look at your history here. You got the first person to ever get three medals of honor. And then, you know, all these different accolades and everything. And then Mm -hmm. we kind of see a quick montage of him at what looks like to me, now that I think about it, the lake that, um, that uh chris mm. evans comes back on is that a callback is that a th- easter egg perhaps um but it looked do you very... mean ar- around the the national mall in dc when they run around the lakes where chris evans when, first when he's yeah, training with the shield when, when he's training with the shield when he's training with the shield and he's throwing uh, okay. the shield to destroy the targets it kind of reminded me of the lake that chris evans uh came back as an old man on in endgame oh i um, don't know could have been the could have been the same lake, not sure, but you do see him uh, kind of practicing with the shield, and that was definitely something we haven't seen in a long time since Endgame. Somebody using the shield and in that fashion. They reveal something here. They reveal that he's not super powered. They at do, all. you know, doesn't have super soldier serum. Nothing. It's he just, just happens guy. to be really good with a frisbee. I mean, the, the, it's pretty much <laughs> it. He's a good fighter, well, and he can throw a shield the... in a way that it bounces back to him after yep. it strikes yeah. people. Well, yeah, it's the understanding that the super soldier serum hasn't been perfected and never will, and that Steve Rogers was the only person, but apparently not. Yeah. That's what we'll get into later. Yeah. So but he captain himself, the new captain himself, just a good fighter. Not, mm-hmm. yeah, not super. So shouldn't be performing to the same physical fitness level as the old Captain Which America, actually comes first. important later on yes. uh, in the episode. Um, but yeah, so that was a big shock to me as well, that he's not a super soldier. He's not really, he's just a guy, you know? He's just, he's he's a very decorated officer uh, that, the, uh, that the government thought would be a good face for the new Captain America. And so he was selected. Mm-hmm. And one more thing, too, because we're going to see a little bit of it throughout the episode, but it does start here. Notice that in this episode, at least, they don't give a sinister twist to him. No, yeah, they don't. No. He just, he's a good guy for all we they know. They just introduce him, and he seems pretty legit. Yeah, and his friends, too, seem pretty legit. They're affiliated with the U.S. government, where the Avengers has some sort of uh, independent agency of any government. So there's kind of that angle. He's America as Captain America, which yeah. you know makes sense. Mm-hmm. But he seems just like a pretty okay decent dude. dude. Yeah. Which yeah. which begs the question: When is he going to die? I mean, <laughs> well, it's it's <laughs> when is he going to die, or when is he going to be revealed that he turns evil? Because I'm definitely, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, he's, with, he's with how die or become evil. With how uh, you know unassuming he is uh, at the introduction, and with how uh, honorable he seems to be, this is definitely going to go either one of two ways. He's either going to die very soon, or he's going to be revealed to be you know a flag smashing agent or something like that. Uh, definitely, Marvel seems like they have that type of trick up their sleeve. Uh, a little bit later on, we do get a little bit more of a personal. So we see the front face of him uh, through the audience's eyes. And later on, we'll see the back face of him uh, as he interacts with coworkers. Um, and there doesn't seem to be too much of a difference between the two. There's definitely some differences, but there's not too much differences for him uh, being on stage and off stage, so to speak, in yeah. different terms. Even, even him interacting with his supposed best friend, the... Uh... Lamar Hoskins character, even with him 
having uh, the personal interactions with the Battlestar character, who you would imagine is on the same side as him and would be privy to any nefarious plans that he may have or secret allegiances he may have, he seems to have a pretty normal conversation and interaction. Because of that, as of right now, I kind of agree with you, Michael. You know, we talked about it in the first episode. We talked about this series probably setting up the next Captain America, but us expecting that it's going to set up Falcon or maybe the Winter Soldier as Captain America, but not U.S. Agent, this other guy. We're not talking about him. We're talking about probably one of those two becoming the new Captain America. Mm -hmm. If they introduce this John Walker character and he is honestly just a legit hero human hero with no superpowers who happens to just kick ass and take names and he's a good dude it's going to be really hard to get the audience to root for falcon or winter soldier to become the new captain america because eventually we're going to be like oh well no this guy's doing a good job unless unless he dies in some unless he dies Mm -hmm. or which which maybe this is where this is headed maybe this is where this is headed that's and that's how you know and honestly even though that would you know not be the greatest for america to see your cat new captain america die um but maybe that is the resolution by the end of the series is that he dies and falcon takes up the uh, mantle perhaps that's could be one way perhaps at at the very least it's making us the audience question because i think i think disney assumed whoever we introduce the new captain america they're gonna think is evil and now after this episode we're kind of like well Maybe he's not. Maybe we're, we haven't predicted the plot to this entire series already. Maybe there's going to be some twists and turns we Perhaps, don't see coming. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, but it's, it'll also be hard for me to see, as of right now anyway, this new character, um, John Walker, uh, fighting side by side with Thor. You know, that's it, kind of a hard image for me to, to for me to put in my head. Yeah. Also, Mitch, um, the special agent character, did he have this name in the comic books? Or did he have a name at all? Uh, John point. Walker is that character in the comic books of U.S. Yeah. Agent, mm-hmm. which U.S. Agent is just another Captain America character yeah. in but, yeah. comic books. I was wondering if his name was John Walker, like here. Yeah, it is, oh. yeah. So, oh. so that's why I referred to him as U.S. Agent. It's very clear that's who the character is. If he's evil or good, though, who knows? Because in, in the comics, he was captain america at one point and a good dude so yeah, i don't know so maybe it stays maybe it stays that way for a little bit um in any case the following scene after we get off the field is uh led with bucky and falcon meeting for the first time uh this is the first time we see them interact in person uh, we did know that uh, from the last episode that Winter Soldier had been avoiding, or not avoiding, but just not answering Sam's calls. Uh, calls and text messages. Now we see them interacting for the first time. Um, it would have been nice to see a little bit of buildup before they mm-hmm. got to the interaction because that would have been a climactic yep. moment and they kind of just threw it away. I feel like they could <laughs> have they could have built that up a little bit. They yeah, definitely did. Yeah. yeah, no, they they definitely did one scene of Bucky's getting very angry seeing that there's a new Captain America and then suddenly they're in an airplane hangar and he's there and he's like, hey, why'd you give that shield away? Yeah. And they get right into their conflict that I imagine will be present throughout the entire season of Steve wanted you to be the new Captain America 
and Steve was Captain America. I'm my own person. I think we should honor his memory by just leaving Captain America with him. Yeah, right. true. But the government had different plans. They wanted to continue Captain America, and they gave mm-hmm. it to uh, John Walker. Um, yeah, so as you said, Winter Soldier was pretty upset when he found that mm-hmm. out and confronted uh, confronted Sam about that. And uh, Sam basically said, you know, what do you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Bucky? Do you want me to go back and, and tell them I changed my mind and get it back? Well, there's not really a good answer there at this point anymore. They've already introduced the new Captain America. Not really mm-hmm. much to do. So Bucky and Bucky kind of moves on after that point, or at least, at least a little bit yeah. anyway. And, uh, after this, uh, Sam reveals the new, Sam reveals a bad guy to uh, Bucky um who is the uh who's the bad guy in Munich this is the main uh flag smasher uh with the video of uh of a picture of the guy now we didn't get to see the the face uh on in the last episode right we didn't really get to see the, no. the whole mask no. so this is the first reveal he, of the mask and you know what we're just assuming he's the leader he could just be any one of them they do feature yeah. They do a heavy feature on one young female Flag Smasher who seems to be in a leadership role throughout this whole episode. Yeah. So that that could have just been a Flag Smasher. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, we could talk about this later, but notice the text messages she was getting. And she's like a splinter yeah, off of yeah. the so Flag Yeah, so we'll, we'll get, we'll get yeah. the text messages. Yeah. yeah, but there's definitely a hierarchy kind of thing going on there. Mm-hmm. But this is also where we are introduced to the three big bads. The three to big bads. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cole, Cole, pop quiz. I'm going to have a pop quiz for Cole every episode. Cole, pop quiz. What are the three big bads? Uh, wizards. Wizards uh, is, is the third one. Androids and aliens. Androids and aliens. Or That's androids, right. aliens, and wizards. Well done. Um, I want to take a second and go through... Uh, really quickly, if we can, all of the uh, all of the Marvel bad guys, and see how many of them actually fit into the uh, androids, aliens, and wizards category. I know, I know that's Go what I was doing it. while I was watching it. Let's yeah, do I was it. trying to think about them, right? So uh, Ultron, Ultron, uh, and well, technically he's not an android, right? Because oh, I know, I guess he would be an android. He's not a cyborg. Yeah. No, he, he's an android. Well, he's a human-shaped robot. He's a we human don't need to get into the logistics if they have some mechanics and then that's then true uh so we got we got ultron we got a uh, loki which would be alien. alien um thanos obviously alien mm-hmm. uh anyone from the guardians of the galaxy or thor universe is alien um we have who else do we have scarlet witch was kind of a bad person at one point in age of ultron she is neither an android nor alien nor wizard well is she, I, um, I don't think magic i would, I would she is a wizard kind of a wizard yeah. Yeah. She is a wizard. Oh, I guess, I, okay, I guess that is Scarlet Witch. So I guess she is a witch, maybe. Yeah. They also don't classify her. They're not talking about her. They're talking yeah. about Avengers villains. Mm-hmm. So they're talking... Well, this is kind of the one difference. Is Loki an alien or is he a god? It would be both. Or a wizard. He, he's, he he's, alien. he's alien to Earth, so he's definitely an alien. He, he's yeah. an alien wizard. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was one where he's probably the only villain that doesn't necessarily fit the bill to a t he's somewhere in there well, but you're right. dr strange yeah. and the bad guy in dr strange i forget yep. his name Dude, well how about red skull more. red skull is not an android he's not an alien mm-hmm. and he's not a wizard yeah he's also not an avengers villain he's a captain america villain okay fair enough 
Um, mm. All right, fair enough. But yeah, so we get we get introduced to the androids, aliens, and wizard, which makes another uh, appearance later on in the episode. So apparently, it is a thing. Bucky was like, "That's not a thing." He's like, "Yeah, that's a thing." And uh, yeah, so apparently, the big I, bad thing. Yeah, I love how Bucky was like, "You know about Ga-, or Sam was like, "You know about Gandalf?" Yeah, I read about it when it first came out in 1935. The yeah, Hobbit, the too. Did the, the Hobbit, Hobbit? Did the Hobbit? Did the Hobbit come out before the Lord of the Rings? Like as a book? Uh, yes. Yeah. It did. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, cool. I think it was 1937. But yeah. anyways, yeah. Uh, anyway, cool. So the next scene is uh, after they heroically meet each other. Uh, Winter Soldier gets whisked away, or in fact insists insists. Wow, well, I'm I'm not illiterate. I'm not enunciating very well today. Um, he insists that he flies on the plane with Falcon to his next mission in Munich. Uh, which is where we see the next scene of Falcon and Bucky on a plane together. And it's a little awkward at first. There's a little bit of uh, just staring at each other and kind of, uh, kind of they're, they're at odds. You feel a little bit of tension on that plane. Well, this is a fun scene. Really, mm-hmm. particularly because of the deployment from the plane. This is a fun scene. Yeah. Yes, there's still tension. We know there's going to be tension. This has been their relationship. We didn't expect them to be yeah. homies now. The entire mm-hmm. relationship has been, we're both Steve's friend, but we're not each other's friend. But I think it's still playing on their bromance. You know, they could be mad yeah. at each other, but then they're still on the same side, ultimately, type thing. Well, I I think their the relationship for a lot of guys is relatable, though. We've all been to that bachelor party where we know just the bachelor, and then everybody else is like, <laughs> uh, not close to any of you. Let's or we've on. hung out at someone's house and, sure. hey, man, I really want you to be here, but then you don't know anybody else there. That's kind <laughs> of the rivalry they have, is they both thought of themselves as Steve's best friend, and that really came out in Civil War, right? In Civil War, there mm-hmm. was all that sort of banter between them. They do a really good job of keeping that banter and that dynamic between these two characters, even in absence of Steve, which I like. But yeah, uh, yeah it, you know that 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 rivalry starts off right away when Falcon deploys from a plane that's 200 feet up, and there's no parachute, nor is it at a parachuting distance for mm-hmm. Winter Soldier to join up. That's right. So what is oh, so man. so Falcon jumps out with his wings, and what does Winter Soldier do? Tries to grab trees on the descent. He jumps out and tries to grab trees. I know. (laughs) I know. And this, like, in relating to the episode, too, is like, so does he have some super soldier serum in him? Or Uh, is it just his arm? No, Bucky does. So Cole brings up a great question. Because he just falls on his back and then gets up and walks. I mean, (laughs) there's, there's three points in this episode that make me think that he is a super soldier. Number one, remember in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, they talk about him being put on ice and cryogenically frozen between assassinations. And that's why he's lived this long, not because of any super soldier serum. They also talk about him losing his arm in the fall from the train in the original Captain America movie and them replacing it with a super robot Soviet arm. Obviously, he has a vibranium Wakanda arm now, but... I don't remember him being given a super soldier serum, yet he demonstrates super soldier abilities and refers to himself as a super soldier. And here's specifically when. When they go in in a future scene, and I won't get into that too much yet, but when they talk with Isaiah, the other super soldier later down the road, he tells Isaiah, he refers to him, I believe in the context of one of us. 
he says one of us in reference to Isaiah and himself both being super soldiers regarding the Flag Smashers. Additionally, when they do, which is the immediate scene that we're on right now, when they do catch up with the bad guys that they're surveilling and they run to catch onto the Flag Smashers um, Mm -hmm. truck. Super speed. He moves inhumanly fast to get onto that truck on the ground while the Falcon flies. So there, I don't know if this is a retcon or if we're supposed to believe that this just, you know, natural peak human performance. Like he's just happens to be a Olympic level runner, but he seems to demonstrate superhuman abilities to some degree because even that scene, I expected it to be a little bit more clear as he jumped out of the plane that he was trying to catch branches to slow himself. And all you really see is his POV his arm in front of him, ow, tree, tree, ow, flip, ow, 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 branch, ground. Falls and down. guess what? A robot arm didn't break all of that fall. He'd still be dead. So dead, dead. I didn't know that it was controversial. It wasn't already accepted that he was a super soldier. I, I had always assumed he was a super soldier. He fought Captain America uh, in the Winter Soldier evenly. And he threw people against trees, and he threw people against vans and walls, he did. and mm-hmm. he he fought completely. So I had I had always assumed he was a super soldier. Mm-hmm. Also, he always throws with the robot arm, though. Yeah, so the there, robot arm is super strong. The rest of his for body. Interpretation that it's yeah, but he's jumping, but he's jumping from car to car in the Winter Soldier. He's, I mean, I had always, I mean, I guess I have to go back and rewatch, but. I had always taken under assumption that he was a he was a super soldier. I didn't think that was ever in question. And and in the in the next one, uh, in uh, Civil War, um, they show episodes of him going back with other uh, other super soldiers. So he tells Captain America, "Hey, there's other super soldiers out there like us." And then you because you see him right. He the 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 scientists wanted Bucky to be a bodyguard against all the mm. other super soldiers. So they all, they were all super soldiers there. So he is a super soldier. Well, yeah, you know what? I would have to agree with that. I am looking it up right now. And it would seem that it would seem that he is a super soldier because it says here that the winter soldier program the most is defined, and this is a quote from, uh, I'm just say the movie, but it's a conversation between Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson. The Winter Soldier program is the most elite death squad, more kills than anyone in Hydra history. And that was before the serum. They all turn out like you, even worse. This is and if you uh, look Civil at, War. From Civil War. And if you yeah. look at Civil War, the other winter soldiers that were being developed in like the cloning tanks don't have metal arms. He's the only one. So you're right. It does seem that they have recreated a super soldier serum with him being a super soldier, which also makes me think maybe this twist at the end of this series is that Bucky becomes the new Captain America. He has a super soldier serum. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe it's possible. Falcons so here's the Falcons. So, so here's the thing. I don't really like Bucky as the uh, as Captain America, and here's why. Bucky's brain, even though Wakanda, you know, he was spent time at Wakanda, and they said they fixed his brainwashing and whatnot, right? But Bucky essentially fought for a long time at, as a uh, not not a as a German agent, not not Russian, right? German. A Hydra agent. Uh, a, a, a Hydra agent. Um, and he's got brainwashed and he has demonstrated that he doesn't have control over, especially now with his PTSD. Uh, I don't like him being Captain America because I think he'd be too easily manipulated into doing bad things, but maybe that's where Marvel wants to go with it. A bad Captain America eventually. Well, in, in my experience from the comics, obviously Steve Rogers is the best Captain America, but the next best was Bucky Barnes, not the Falcon. My experience with the comics Winter Soldier does make a pretty interesting Captain America. He's a little bit more gritty. He's a little bit more anti-hero. He does have the metal arm. He uses guns more frequently than Captain America does. And I like that. And that is another point brought up in this episode that that I mentioned in the first episode. I mentioned mm-hmm. in, in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the Falcon uses guns. And in this show, he doesn't. The Winter Soldier also doesn't use guns in this episode not yet and the the winter soldier is characterized by using guns every almost every comic you see he has a rifle with him he always deploys with a rifle in all the movies prior to this he deploys with a rifle it does seem that they want both of these characters to stray away from firearm use which there's i mean there's guns and violence in the show it's not because disney doesn't want you know who did use a gun the new Captain America. The new Captain America. Yeah. Show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let, let, let's get to there. So so let, let's keep it rolling on here. Um, all right. So he lands a 200-foot fall, which would normally kill regular people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he keeps going, right? So that's another point for a, for a super soldier. Um, and then they get into the uh, Stronghold Warehouse where they find five, not not two supers like, uh, like Bucky wanted to go in and try to attack, but... Uh, Falcon uses his really high tech uh, to see that they're actually in fact five or at, in fact seven um, with a possible eighth as a uh, hostage. So they go and uh, they're taking off and then they, you know, Falcon says they, they might have a hostage. So they're both like, you know what, screw it. We're not surveying anymore. If there's a hostage, we need to go in there and save that person's life. So they both, Bucky runs and gets onto the train or onto the, uh, onto the big rig and opens up the hatch and what does he see? He sees a girl that looks timid at first and then has a super creepy smile and kicks Bucky into the windshield of the of the truck behind him. Um, so there ensues a fight scene where she proceeds to jump out of the big rig onto the top and we have about a 15-minute uh, uh, fight on top of one of the big rigs where it looks like Falcon and Winter Soldier are getting pretty messed up, and who comes to help them? None other than the new Captain America. And Battlestar. And Battlestar, yeah. but we don't know that he's Battlestar yet. And I do have a question about Battlestar later on. Um, but yeah, so we do see Captain America, and he kicks a little bit of butt, not going to lie. Especially this is where we truly learn that he actually is a human, um because he does not fight exceptionally well but he does fight very uh very coordinated he was very uh um yeah pinpoint in his i mean he he fights well just not superhuman yeah just not superhuman well 
Um, and you know, he at one point he uh, so he pulls out his gun, and which I was surprised to see. He pulls out a pistol and starts firing, um, uh, which doesn't hit anybody now that I now that I think about it. Um, but he does get kicked off. He's hanging off the edge of the trailer. His buddy uh, Battlestar is uh, about ready to fall down and he takes his shield and throws it underneath him and uh, cushions the fall so that he doesn't uh, hurt himself and then uh, Captain America gets up and he has his one-liner right he ha- he has his uh, oh you shouldn't have done that and then he looks like he's about to beat the heck out of this uh, this girl that um, has been has been owning him and then she just kicks him in the chest and kicks him into the car <laughs> right behind so we do see that in fact he is does seem like a regular nice. human uh and uh that was a failed uh uh objective yes spot on indeed so, yeah <laughs> um a very good action scene overall indeed mm-hmm. the, the the introduction of the flag smashers as being an entirely superhuman group not mm-hmm. just one guy but several and the lead in to a good set of scenes that introduces a character that may actually be the villain of the series or one of the major villains of the series. So mm-hmm. overall, I liked it. It also leads into a good scene of once again, cameras off seeing the new Captain America character and seeing that he's not really a bad guy. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, also there's a quick note. There's a cool scene in there where, Captain America throws the shield. He did some shield. He did some awesome uh, shield throwing. He did. He did well with the shield. And at one point, uh, uh, Bucky actually catches the shield and then yeah. uh, hands and it off, and then hands him. it off to uh, Captain America. So I thought that was kind of a fun little, um, yeah, fun mm-hmm. little trick. I can handle the shield too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that was definitely yeah. symbolic of uh, Bucky being like, eh, maybe I want the shield, and he's like, okay, fine, I'll give it back to you. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely, maybe a little bit of struggle going on there. That's foreshadowing a little bit later on. Um, anyway, a little bit later on, uh, we do have Falcon and the Winter Soldier walking after uh, they fell off the truck, and you see a jeep pull up behind him, which is Captain America and his little entourage. Uh, and it is, uh, known, it is revealed that they have been, or, uh, uh, what the flag smashers have been stealing, uh, what seems to be vaccines. Um, I believe, uh, medicine from. Yeah. Some sort of medicine. Well, well I, I'm assuming or guessing, I guess that it's the super soldier serum and you know, they're making an army or something at this point. Maybe we did think that, um, but a little bit later on, uh, it's revealed what they were actually doing with the medicine. But in this scene, it is revealed that the mm. uh, that uh, Lamar's name is a Battlestar, and uh, Bucky doesn't like that, uh, and he gets out of the truck, he gets out of the jeep, and starts walking <laughs> away. Now I'm curious, what what's up with the Battlestar? I don't know anything about that. It's not because Battlestar. It's because he doesn't like that they're assuming superhero personas. He, you know, oh, remember, so he was saying Bucky his Barnes, his his nickname is Battlestar. That's what yes. he was saying. So oh, he said, or "Who code are name you?" Or whatever. Lamar Hoskins. Who are you, Lamar Hoskins? You know, I need more Battlestar. Than that. And that's when he's almost like, "Get over yourself, Battlestar," and he just gets out of there. And it's very much because, of course, as we've seen already, he's very much against Steve being replaced. And now he sees a new Captain America and this also another government-controlled superhero battle star. 
And to him, it's kind of, this is effing ridiculous. I don't want any part of this. Get out of here. He's not, he's not ready for Captain America to move beyond Steve. To him, the idea of Captain America is entirely Steve Rogers. It needs to stay Steve Rogers. And the fact that they're adding a new sidekick to Steve Rogers pisses him off. Well, it's mm-hmm. so funny because they're definitely idolizing Steve Rogers as Captain America. And up until now, I never really thought of him as a larger-than-life type of figure. But I guess in this world, it kind of makes sense, especially knowing if you know whether or not he's dead. Um, speaking of which, does the world the, the world thinks he's dead, but we we, we know better, right? I, not, not very many people know that he's just old. To our understanding, he is not dead but we don't know because don't it know. seems he could pop up he could pop up and we just if, don't know yeah if the only interaction that we know from old steve is that he gave the shield to sam it's possible that sam doesn't have contact info for him has no idea how to get a hold of him he just kind of appeared and said you're the new captain here you go but you have to remember if captain america goes back in time to even shortly after the war when he disappeared to end up with Peggy Carter and live an entire life with her, which is what it seems like he did, right? Sure. If that's if that's what he does, at the time of Endgame, he is a hundred and three? Which makes sense. Four? I mean, having the super soldier serum. Serum, yeah, would extend his life. But Peggy's dead, and you have to imagine he's at the end of his life. I mean, we're talking about somebody that has aged 20 years, well, not 20 years, but 15 years since he was unfrozen. And then on top of that, he goes back to 1946, 47. Yeah, so he's got age plus age. And then he lives all the way up to 2019, 2018. Mm-hmm. So you have to think, okay, if he was 20 in Captain America, the first Captain America, let's say he was 20 because he was young, 18, 20, however old he's supposed to be, even though obviously the actor was a lot older. In the first one, we're talking over 100 years old easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I might be wrong with 103. It might be, now that I think about it, it might be more similar to 115. 116 it just makes more sense if you count the time definitely Um, there so yeah i mean that i mean that whole analytical review of what's implied by the an old captain america that can be a whole (laughs) podcast all in and of itself we can have a whole Mm -hmm. episode for that um and if you guys listening want us to do that episode please comment down below we are more Mm -hmm. than happy to do that episode Um, oh i love it but in any case, so this scene with, uh, you know, Captain America extending a hand and getting rejected by the Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of humanizes, and I think that was the point of this scene, is to kind of humanize the new Captain America, um, to kind of make him realize, hey, he is just trying to do the best he can with what he's got. He's not super. He doesn't have a ton of tech. He, he's got the shield and some training, and that's what he's got. And he's doing the best he can, and he needs help. Um, and he basically says that. He's like, you know, we, we, we can do this together. Uh, I can't do this by, by myself, and you guys can't do it by yourself. We need to, we need to be together. And, uh, you know, the last thing he says is, you know, it would be easier for the world to accept me as Captain America if I had, you know, uh, Steve Rogers' right-hand man by my side or his wingman. He said his old wingman. His old wingman. Wingman. And that 
And that pissed Sam off. And that and was the like, last straw for Falcon. Oh. And then so Falcon gets mad and he 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 storms off as well. And then uh, so Captain the new Captain America has no choice but to move forward and to march on forward. So that's what he mm. does. Um, the following scene, a, we get a little bit of insight to the Flag Smashers and kind of how they work. So we get to see the uh, the lady that was you know, the pseudo hostage um, before. Now seems like she is the leader of the uh, of of at least their little cohort there. Mm-hmm. Um, Carly, I'm going to mess up this name. Carly Mogenthu. Now is is that the character's name or is that the actress? So that is the uh, character's name. Her character's name is Carly. I never heard of name. Yeah. So the actress. What's she from? I don't know. Solo, a Star Wars movie. She plays Hmm. Enthus Ness, the bounty hunter with the cool suit and the electro staff. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, in Solo, you don't see much of her face, so I'm not going to dock myself points for not getting that one. <laughs> in any case, she is uh, she is bringing, it is revealed that she is stealing medicine from these compounds uh, as a super soldier with her little cohort of super soldiers to uh, bring to these different places that are impoverished. Uh, they do believe that the world was better during the blip. Now, my guess that their logic is is that these uh, small little settlements that are now impoverished were thriving when the blip was happening because there was enough resources, there was enough medicine, there was enough stuff to go around. And now that everyone's back, uh, these little communities are now also are impoverished again. So it's up so, to her to bring medicine and foods and supplies to these places. That's my guess as to why yeah. this started. It, it mm. seems to be a mixture of that with the idea that apparently, and this is very understandable, when half the world disappeared, it seems like international borders and governments broke down and started to interact with one another. And they felt more like a people of the world rather than the people of individual nations. Mm-hmm. But five years passed that way where people interacted almost under one world government, which is, you know, we're not going to get into politics, but which is a Marxist idea. And then when everybody came back, it's they had no memories for the last five yeah. years. Yeah. So they come mm-hmm. back, you know, we, we have to imagine that some of the people that died were like, you know, the leaders, secre- or, yeah. the, the, the secretary of the treasurer and all this yeah. other stuff, yeah. like all this crazy Definitely. political roles Definitely. and whatnot. So they come back and they bring back all the same prejudices and ideas that they had beforehand and they start to create more division in the world. And I think that it says something along those lines when it talks about their motivations mm-hmm. mixed with the lack of resources, which we know from the previous episode with that bank loan situation, that the world's Mm -hmm. trying to catch up now that there's all these displaced people that have been reintroduced. Um, But for all of the motives of the Flag Smashers, I think that there's one part in this scene that, that is most important, which is the Flag Smashers have to make an escape from agents of, Michael? From agents the, of the GI, was it the GIC, or are you talking about agents of Shields? The what? The, the what? Power broker. The power the broker. The power broker. This one. So this is, this is escaped very, me. This is a very yeah, short mention. This is a very short mention in this episode. As they're flying out, they say, so she gets a text from the supposed you know leader of the organization, and they say they've found us. Her partner says who, and he says 
the power broker. And that's when her partner says, I'll stay behind and distract him. You go. <laughs> I missed that. The power that broker. I'm not going to bring in any spoil uh, and any spoilers because he is a character from the comics, but it would seem that the power broker is the character responsible for all of them getting the super soldier serum. So they are very fearful, flee from him immediately, and one of their own dies just to hold them off long enough for the plane to take off and fly and away. So that's who we also assume sent her those texts saying, you took something that was mine, I'm going to yeah. kill you. Yeah, likely that. So it's in, I think that this might have been the reveal of the secret villain. So you are um, like six scenes ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so that scene had not happened yet. Um, okay. But no, no, no worries. I mean, that's a little bit of backstory. That's a little bit of foreshadowing for the uh, for the scenes that are coming up. Um, in this right, scene, yep. however, all we get is a text, an ominous text from who we thought was the leader of the rebellion. And in her text, it says, uh, "You took what was mine." I'm going to find you and kill you. Now, that text is a little on the nose. I feel like it could have been a little bit more subtle with that text. Um, but it does strike a question, who is this person behind? And it seems like we just uh, preemptively got the answer. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, so up until this moment, we thought she was the head, and, you know, she gets this text. So now we know that there's an organization, and this mm -hmm. might just be a little extension of that organization. Not entirely sure. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, we, it is revealed that they're deleting their aliases. And they mentioned the GIC. Are, are you aware of what the GIC is? No, I'm not. Okay, they, they do mention mm -hmm. the GIC. I guess, um, I guess perhaps it's the, uh, global, the global international company. I don't know. Um, but, uh, they, they mentioned it basically, uh, it posts blip and they were saying that this organization was, you know, the, the kind of the overarching, uh, body entity that was there while the blip was happening, I guess. Um, uh, it, it does seem to be some sort of government agency that is responsible for, um, restoring the displaced people back into ordinary life. That's right. That's right. And then that's what they were saying. It's that, uh, let's, uh, let's get past this so that we can, uh, uh, move on. Um, and so that's what they were doing. So anyway, if we're back yeah. on the hangar, uh, takes the shield, uh, and then let's go ahead and fast forward to, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And then mm -hmm. uh, this is where we meet a very cool character that none of us knew about before this. Mitch, yeah. did you know about this character? I, Isaiah. Uh, no. No, no, no. I, in, I'm not actually familiar with any, uh, any comic character. It's possible there is one, but I'm not familiar with it. It, it was an interesting scene, though. They introduced that there's more of a uh, background and more foundation to the Super Soldier serum than just Captain America's existence and then everything that mm -hmm. fell out. And I'm not going to take a lot of time, but I just want to remind everybody, the Hulk was an attempt to reproduce the Super Soldier serum. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Uh, I, didn't, yes. I, I did not know that. I thought the, it was just an experiment gone wrong. The first oh, yeah. Hulk, but, <laughs> yeah, the, the first Hulk movie with Edward Norton, which is canon to the MCU, is a uh is a attempt to recreate a super soldier serum the winter soldier program an attempt to recreate the winter or the super soldier serum so it's been happening 
It's been happening. They've been trying to make the Super Soldier Serum for a while. There is one Easter egg hidden in here that might be important for down the road. I don't think it'll be important for this show, but I think uh, that it might be important for a future Disney Plus show. What's that? They've talked about the idea of a Disney Plus show dedicated to the young Avengers, which are like teenager Avengers. Mm -hmm. Isaiah's grandson, the kid that opens the door, he, I believe his name is Eli Bradley. Eli Bradley is also known as the Patriot in the Marvel world, who is a teenage Captain America type of character that's a member of the Avengers. Wow, cool. So it is likely that we may see that actor again in the future in the role of the Patriot. Nice, that's cool. I had no idea. I didn't even know about Mm. Isaiah before this, and now we got two Avengers potential characters, or two people that are in this world. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool when he takes the uh, can and he throws it through the wall and it gets stuck in the wall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So in this scene, uh, you know, they go go there so that uh, they can try to get intel on what's going on with these super soldiers. Uh, Isaiah's not having any of it. So Falcon and Winter Soldier leave to go outside where they are confronted by police. And uh, ultimately, Winter Soldier is arrested because he's been skipping his therapy sessions because he's going on Mm -hmm. these hunts with uh with uh sam so he's misses therapy session so he has a warrant out for his arrest and he gets taken to jail so now we are in the jail scene and it is revealed that captain america the new captain america has uh pardoned him essentially with a captain america pardon and pardoned pulled him some strings. Not, pulled some strings <laughs> pulled to pardon strings. him from the uh warrant arrest and also exonerated him from any more future therapy sessions. So we have uh, Captain mm-hmm. America to thank for that scene. But one, the ca- the couple's therapy session. And we one. move on into the couple's <laughs> therapy session, which was... What do you guys feel about that? How, how do you guys think that uh, was? I liked it. It was good. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought yeah, it was yeah. funny. You know, I think a large part of this show, obviously, based on the name alone, is going to be about that dynamic between the winter soldier and the falcon and this was a really good intro where it if you didn't know already from the subtle jives that they've been taking at each other you understand through this scene oh they're not cool with each other yeah Mm -hmm. they they maintain a relationship out of respect for steve but at least as of right now in the show i don't think either of them would consider the other a friend Definitely. Yeah. yeah, you definitely get that. And uh, I don't think this therapy session really helped that much uh, to, no. to that end. Um, it was kind of just. I, I still think they would rather fight with each other rather than team up with Captain America, though. Yeah, I agree. Sure. I, yes. I think they're they're kind of like trench brothers, right? They're they are not not really mm-hmm. happy with each other, but they both know what they've been through, and uh, you know, so they have some kind of bond there, right? Uh, at least the, mm-hmm. at the very least, if not through Steve, you know, they have yeah. they do have a bond together. So they'd rather team up yes. with each other than with you know this new supposed Captain America, <laughs> who's going to make everything great. Um, and I loved how like they were going through the therapy session and they already knew all of these exercises that the therapist was making them do like it was like because they they're both soldiers they've both been through psyche valves and 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 it's like oh this one yeah the... and they're extremely childish in the execution they're supposed to stare at each other 
and they start a staring contest, and they're like, yeah. "I'm not gonna blink first. I'm not gonna blink first. And she's even, she's even like, "What? Are you guys really having a staring contest? Blink! Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that was pretty funny. That was a that that was that was pretty good. I it was yeah. A good scene. It was a good scene. It was, it, good scene. it was a good it was a good breakup. I feel like it was a little disjarring from what's going on uh, in the series so far. But maybe that's just how they're pre- uh, uh, setting up future scenes and whatnot. So and. And the show needs this. I I think all the ideas that they're introducing are super interesting. I love the Flag Smashers. I love the idea of, I know I already spoiled it, sorry, the Power Broker, this new Captain America. They're all really interesting. But from a show called it's The all, Falcon it's and the Winter Soldier. It's all pretty heavy-handed. Yeah. yeah it, and, and from a show, yeah. it's called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You need this dynamic between yeah, the characters. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and then, implies more than one thing, the bromance that they obviously have and also the question of which one's going to take up the mantle of Captain America. Yeah, potentially. there's a struggle there. There's yeah. definitely a struggle there. Yeah. And I think that's that's possibly easing because they haven't they haven't brought up once that uh, Bucky, you know, maybe Bucky wanted the mantle and they haven't really brought that up. But that might be an under right. an underlying kind of tone that's going on. There. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah, they'll you- address it later on. I think he's got so. to have some self-enlightenment before he does or thinks about it. Um, anyway, so they go outside. Captain America's out there waiting for them. Uh, Captain America reaches out to them pretty much as what it seems like one final time. Like, hey, let's all team up on this. And their response is, you, you know what? You are, uh, you know, you're in the military. You have a bunch of hoops to jump through before you can get anything done. We don't have any hoops to jump through. Um, why don't we just, we're just going to stick on our own. And uh, Captain America kind of takes personal offense to that at the, by the end of there. You know, he's like, hey, I just let you out of jail and uh, and exonerated you from a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just going to diss me like that? Um, so by yeah. the end, he says, you know, hey, stay out of my way. That that type of thing. So right. it might be well, a little struggle it, there. And it also makes me wonder, like, what about the Paris Accords? Like, are yeah, they just the, still the, letting Falcon the, win the Soldier Sokovian, water the, the Sokovian Accords. Paris Accords is, is real life. Sokovian Accords is Oh, yeah, 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 my bad. <laughs> Same thing. They all blend Paris together. That's how, that's how us dweebs, dweebs mind work these days. Fiction, uh, non-fiction. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's the, the Sokovian Accords uh, prohibit Captain America from... Now, my, my question is, is Sam works for the government. Why isn't he under such protocols? Yeah, you know, no, yeah that's how I was wondering. It's not really clear. It seems like... Maybe he does contract work for the government. I was gonna say they, they make it seem like mm-hmm. he's a, a yeah. They make it seem like he's a contractor, or like you know, a gun for hire type of yeah. deal. But he also he also works for the government. It's understood that he's a government asset. And, so and then they make it clear in the previous episode that uh, the government doesn't pay him. I guess. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very odd circumstance. Yeah, it is. But I, he helped. He helped save the world. So of course they're gonna. Not locking up. <laughs> I, I think it ultimately is the situation that it was with Captain America, which is Captain America is supposedly a superhero. But if you look at Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which is one of the best Marvel movies, in my opinion, it's my favorite one. If you look at Captain America, the Winter Soldier, he deploys like a U.S. government agent. They put him on planes, they drop him in hot zones, and they have him deal with situations. And he operates with a team. He's commanding other infantrymen and other soldiers. You think, oh, he's he actually holds a rank in the government. But at the same time, in Civil War, he's the one that leads the resistance against government control. So yeah. it's not really made clear in Marvel 
how these characters work other than if it's convenient to the story and the action scene, they work with the government. If it's not convenient, cool, they're independent agents. Which, you know what, I, I, I'm i not that bad with. I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. I mean, whatever. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get to Mitch's uh, one of his favorite scenes where we int- are introduced to what'd you call it the the broker the mortgage broker the power broker the, the, the power, power broker. broker okay so just I I don't know much about him other than his role in a few different characters origins which I won't talk about and all I know is that his name is descriptive of what he is the power broker is a broker of superpowers so it makes, makes sense, sense now when we he, we see the flag smash organization we see a bunch of super soldiers and somebody coming after them for what they stole who is they refer to as the power broker it gives you an idea okay there's some character out here in the world now that is trading in a super soldier serum at the very least that's giving people superpowers so possible villain, possible yeah. ally. We don't really know at this point, especially because the end of the episode introduces another possible villain, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So uh, in that scene, um, one of the uh, smash, uh, the uh, uh, flag smashers, one of the flag smashers sacrifices himself so that the plane can get off and, and get going. Um, to give medicine to the poor people, so people call people basically call her Robin Hood. This is a Robin Hood story so far, um, as as it's presented. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the you know throwing the electrical lines down in front of the police officers were were good enough as far as a delay tactic, because um, he kind of just ran up <laughs> on there and uh, and then immediately died. Um, so yeah. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if that was the best strategy as far as a, a soldiers are concerned, but you know that's what happened. I don't I don't know. Were they police officers or were they like armed militia or armed? Well, I, I assume they were law enforcement because I, I thought I thought it was I thought I saw sirens, so I thought it so was. So I a... I think those people that attacked them on the airfield were, uh, what's the word? Mercenaries of the power broker. I think oh, that's who. Oh, is that what yeah. that was? Yes. Oh, okay. Now there is one thing that I wanted to bring to your guys' attention, kind of get your feedback on with this. This is like the one note that I during this episode which is marvel has introduced a couple characters now that are villains that have relatable goals so i I think thanos is the big one thanos is this big character where he's talking about saving the universe over time so when he talks about hey all these intelligent races are consuming the universe's resources and we're all going to run out and everybody's going to suffer and die i'm going to kill half the population and then we won't have to worry about the strain for resources and we can start fresh. A lot of people, I mean, you saw it all over Twitter and stuff. There was like hashtag Thanos was right. A lot of environmentalists and people are like, yeah, we are consuming our resources too quickly. And it made Thanos a villain where you're like, he's evil, but also like, eh, he's got a point. Kind of yeah. got a point. <laughs> the flag smashers are a similar idea. There's a similar idea where, hey, there's a lot of people struggling right now because of the circumstance that arose. You know, we like the idea of the peace that existed following the blip because of the cooperation of nations. And we don't like the idea of these nations segregating and creating the separation. 
it creates a villain where you're like, okay, what they're doing's wrong. They are hurting people. They are stealing. But I understand. I understand what they're going for. I understand the positives that they want. I just don't necessarily agree with how they go about getting it. And it's it's a strong foundation to create a villain that's relatable and that creates a strong connection with the audience. Definitely. And that scene also, like, going off of that, it builds, you know, a sense of uh, empathy for them. And that sure. they could possibly be future allies once they explain their whole spiel to Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yeah. And that they maybe. all team up against the real bad guy, which is the broker, dude. And... Um, and which is funny is Empus Ness, the character that plays Empus Ness in Solo, a Star Wars story. Carly. Solo, a Star Wars story. She starts out as a villain to Solo and his team, who is a rival uh, organization stealing things from same, them when they're deal. trying to do their heist. <laughs> and it turns out that she's a rebel soldier. And guess what? Her character she's again, she's kind of a rebel doing evil things to meet a good end yeah little so while. it kind of seems like that's disney's formula you know you take a uh, you take a good thought you know a, a definitely justifiable thought but then you pair it with an extreme uh method and that is how you make a villain and Ab- absolutely i couldn't have phrased it better myself extremist that's what it is mm-hmm. it's taking a good idea moving to an extreme end and seeing how while there may be some points that you or even the hero agrees with, ultimately the means yeah. do not justify the end. I was going to say, it, it's an absolute, it. a, a good villain seems like, at least Doors, mm-hmm. Disney's formula is an, a, a villain absolutely justifies uh, means over the ends, or the yeah. ends over the means. Um, so maybe, hey, so any future uh, directors or producers or writers out there, that, that might be a good <laughs> note. Notes. That might be a good note. <laughs> um, and then uh, after we uh, get with that scene, we get to the last scene of the movie where we get Captain America, episode. or uh, not, not Captain America, we get um, Winter Soldier and Falcon saying that the next episode, they're setting up the plot for the next episode. The next episode, they're going to go visit Simo. Simo. What's his name? See, yeah, what's his re- name, right? I didn't even recognize his name, but I was like, oh, it's a dude from Civil War. Yep, the yeah. guy from Civil yeah. War that started all this chaos. Yes, the bacon guy. The guy that mentions that he has breakfast with eggs and bacon every morning at the hotel. And that was like his only defining attribute throughout all of Civil War, but he was somehow the mastermind behind it. That's right. Helmut Zemo. Baron Zemo, who I think we can assume is going to be the big bad this season. Maybe he's the power broker. I have no idea, but I would say that I'd say they're just going to him for advice because he knows a lot about um, Hydra. I don't know, dude. I would think he might be like the villain of the season. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see him again. See his, uh, we'll see. see him pop mm-hmm. up. Maybe when he sees Winter Soldier, he's gonna start reciting the oh, you little know words that mm-hmm. he knows. Yeah, he's gonna try the brainwashing thing, but Winter Soldier's gonna be like, "No, I spent I spent a couple years in Wakanda." No, he's I'm gonna say, now. "Hey, I got I got these Tony Stark earbuds that are noise canceling, and uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a little plug." I got these awesome JBL earplugs. They're completely noise canceling. Whenever you're trying to get brainwashed, go ahead and pop on your. JBL noise buds. <laughs> Either Wakanda or Stark. Stark. That's right. That's right. 
Um, anyway, guys, uh, so overall, thoughts about the episode? Oh, I also liked I also liked how he uh, mentioned the white wolf himself being oh, the white yeah. wolf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back. like, what, what, you spent a couple of years in Wakanda? What, that makes you the white panther? He's like, actually, mm-hmm. no, it's the white wolf. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, there's one more Easter egg that I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. So far, I brought up that... Uh, the Patriot is the grandson of Isaiah, right? Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. one more that I wanted to bring up. Zemo is revealed to be held in cell 2187, which is a fun little shout out to Cole's favorite movie in the world, Star Wars. Because on the Death Star, Princess Leia was held in cell what? 2187. Yep. Wow, look at that. <laughs> oh, oh, look, I, I don't Amazing. expect there to be anything. 2187, here it is. Yep. I don't expect it, there to be any more to it than that, that he was held in 2187. Princess Leia was also held in 2187. Yeah. Except maybe that, you know, Leia broke out of that cell. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go in there, they go in there as disguise. Oh, that's how it's going to be. Yeah, we're gonna maybe. have to get him out for some reason. Just saying, disguise. It could happen. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of an Easter egg there, and I I read that one online. I just yeah. wanted to share that with you guys. You know what? Disney and... likes to do that with with its movies, like with, throughout their cartoons. They like throw in like little images of Pride Rock in another movie or something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that reminds me, during Civil War, do you guys remember what cell he was in in uh, Civil War? No. He was in D twelve, was this was the cell. He was in Civil War, and anyone who's from Disneyland knows D twelve. Uh, oh yeah, knows, knows D twelve. So yeah, so that D12. that was another that was another little Easter egg shout out. I noticed that when when I was looking at the cell that he was in, I'm like, did that say D twelve? And it did indeed. So yeah, he was in a he was in D twelve. D twenty three wasn't. Oh D D twenty three, dummy. D twenty three, of course, oh, of course. That was my D twenty three is the official Disney fan club. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. That's right. I was gonna um, say, I know what we're talking about. D twenty three Expo is the big event that Disney throws every year, where they reveal their upcoming shows and movies and series and things like that. So D23, I believe, is the official fan club. It is indeed. But yeah, so uh, so that was a cool, fun little Easter egg that they had in um, the Civil War. That was kind of related. It would have been funny if it would have been the same cell number, though. They kept the same cell number. Now, I would love, I would love if at some point Falcon and the Winter Soldier have to infiltrate a nightclub called Club... Club uh, 40, mm. Club, uh, club, 33. Uh, club 33. 33. 30. I was going to say 44, but I'm like, I was going to say 44, but I'm like, that's not right. It's a yeah, 33. Yep, there it is. <laughs> that, that would be very funny if they have to int- uh, infiltrate like a Club 33. It's, that would been, be really hey, it's been a few years now since I used to work at Disneyland and, and uh, had access to D- Club 33. <laughs> um, but in any case. Overall, I liked it. Yeah. Overall, I liked mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was a solid episode. There were a few parts where um, I thought it got a little slow or a little a little things got pushed in there that I felt like didn't necessarily uh, make the story much better. Maybe they were just padding runtime. I don't know. Um, like maybe the the marriage counselor thing, I feel like could have been a little bit smoother. Um, it was a little it was a little too uh, out of place at that time. It it's broke up the pacing a lot of the episode. 
Um, and then a couple of things like that. But um, overall, I thought it was a pretty pretty solid episode for, for setting up. I, I agree. And ultimately, this show is accomplishing something that WandaVision that did not. WandaVision managed to talk about nothing regarding the Marvel Cinematic Universe world because it all happens isolated in this little mm-hmm. make-believe world that she in creates. In the hex. Right. Yes. Yeah. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier is our first real progression of the world at large following the blip. And I am ignoring Spider-Man Far From Home because Spider-Man Far From Home does the same thing that Winter Soldier does, where they go, yep, the blip happened, and we're not going to talk about it anymore. And they just move forward with an individual Spider-Man story. This is the first real piece of MCU content that we get that's like, how does the world work? after the blip after people return back from the snap and i like it i'm really glad that they're doing this i've real i'm really glad on how they've introduced it so far it definitely has me looking forward to this upcoming friday i'm like what's the next episode have in store let's see Mm -hmm. yeah cool what about you how'd you like this one oh yeah i liked it for the most part uh ended too soon I forgot that it was a TV show and not a movie. Was like, <laughs> when it ended, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Left me hanging. But that's uh, what a good TV show does. It leaves you hanging. That's right. Well, four, mm. four pages of notes later, and we're finally through the end of this episode. Um, anyway, guys, uh, thank you very much for watching. Really appreciate it. We do have a uh, podcast, and we do have a YouTube channel. We are working on – actually, I believe we have a Facebook page now too. Um, so we will try to set up all the links down below if you guys want to subscribe or whatever. I know an hour-long video is hard to watch, so if you guys want mm-hmm. to uh, put it on the podcast and on your way to work or whatever – that hey that works for us because we are an apple podcast now um anyway uh is there anything am i missing anything uh mitch cole no uh thank you guys for you know listening with us and watching us with us week after week and uh we're just excited to see what happens next Mm -hmm. indeed appreciate it guys and as always uh may the force be with you and wait what did i say is may may the force long Live long and may the force be with you. (laughs) Yeah, we're still going to work on a sign-off. Fair enough. (laughs) See you guys.